You're listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast, a conversation on where we are and where we're going in the world of amateur radio. Your hosts are Dan, KB6NU, and Tom, KB5RF. And today, we're going to have a conversation about CW. Dan, this is Tom. How are you doing? Hey, Tom. Good here. How about you? What's great? No surprise in the summer here. It's hot. Very, very, very hot. And yourself? What's the temperature like in your area? It was hot for a while, but last week or so, it's been actually pretty nice down in the, the upper 70s, lower 80s. Wow. Lucky you. Well, so um, thanks for letting me have sort of drive the topic area this time around on CW. Because, as you know, I'm fairly new at the, uh, at the topic, and I just seem to have an infinite number of questions to ask. Do you, uh, you know, I read your, your blog uh, every day or every other day when it comes out, and I noticed recently you've been posting a little bit more about CW. Do you do you do any CW on a on a weekly basis or is it a daily basis or what what's your what's your routine? Weekly. I I shoot for 3 contacts a day. <laughs> Seriously. Okay. And 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 over the last 15 years, I've averaged over 3 CW contacts per day. Well, do you start on a particular band uh, in the morning at a certain time? Uh, is there is there a pattern or a process to that? Nah, not really. You know, like like lately, I've been getting on uh, uh, thirty meters in the evening. Yeah, and if I spend uh, sometimes it only takes a half an hour or less because the the contacts are real short. But you know, normally I could do three in an hour. Mm. Mm. And. Um, you're just like, you know, maybe rag two now and again, but mainly you do a, a, just establish a QSO with the usual three, four parts to it, and then you log it right away? Well, I I like to rag two, you know, myself. I'm, I'm, I'm big on that. <clears throat> and, you know, the CW ops, and we'll get to CW ops a little bit later, they, they have a um, uh, rag chewing um, uh, award. And my goal is to be in the top ten of that. <laughs> oh. But 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 you know, for example, I'll give you an example. Yeah. Yesterday, uh, yesterday evening, I had uh, three contacts, and uh, two are the real quickie types. One was one was with a DX station, I think. The other one was a with a, a US station that just was in and out. And the third was with a guy who's who I've had the most contacts with ever. You know, I mean, of of any station. This was number sixty-seven for us, <laughs> and and uh, so we know one another pretty well. And he's a, he's a CW Ops member. He's a good operator, and we chugged along at twenty-five words a minute or so, and spent a half an hour talking to one another. Oh. Well, all right. Well, all right. So we're going to come back to that because that's the part where I kind of go, "How do you get to that point?" You know. Okay. Yeah, so, all right, then let's let's do this, Dan. How'd you get started with CW? You were like in the 60s or the 70s when you were, I can't recall now, what was your start? Right. Well, so I got my novice license in 1971. Right, and you had to do which CW. Which means I would have had to start learning CW a little bit earlier. Okay. All right. So you, you did all that, you passed that, and then it seemed like I recall you, it was rent dormant for a little bit for you for a while. Yeah. Like after I got out of college, I was living in apartments and condos that were really weren't amenable to yeah. antennas, so I didn't. I wasn't really active for a while. Right, right. 
Well, then what happened? Uh, I moved here, and I just decided to get on, get on, back on the air. Did it take you long to? I mean, so what was the process for you at that point? I guess that was in the eighties or the nineties. Uh, no, it was like two thousand two. Oh, two thousand two, and then yeah. What? So, how, what was your process for getting started again? Well, this this is kind of a funny story, and I I, I apologize to anybody listening who's heard this story already because I've <laughs> told it so many times. I'm sure somebody has, and and I've I blogged about it as well. So I went to uh, I I was a member of the local club, but yeah, I'm not real active. <clears throat> so I decided to go to field day on Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and the club at that time was not real active either, and. Um, I get out to the site, and there's two guys out there. One is um, uh, flailing away at, at 40 meters CW, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's always been that way. He's always he's a good operator. The other guy was a guy I knew from our bike club, and uh, he was eating some breakfast. So I joined him. I said, "Well, you know what's what's going on?" He said, "Oh, the bands are lousy." I said, "I said to him, I said, well, you know, we should try some CW." <laughs> And not not having been on the air in a while, and so he says to me, he says, "Well, you know what? I think we have a straight key around here somewhere because he had been op- trying to operate phone, and 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 so he goes searching through some boxes, and sure enough, he comes up with a straight key, and we get on twenty meters, and uh, you know neither of us were very good at that point." And uh, we had to listen like two or three times to a guy before we <laughs> did, would decide to come back. That's comforting. To him. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, really, it was. It, I mean, it was, it was like almost a joke. I'm telling this story. Yeah. But 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 we did. We, you know. And so over the course of the next couple hours, we made I don't know, fifteen twenty contacts. Uh-huh. But it was a blast. Yeah. And then I just said, "Hey, I got to get back on the air," and I did. Yeah. And you just you just kept. Uh... Getting on the air, you got better that way. Basically, you didn't attend any cl- yeah. right. Yeah, and then I started blogging about ham radio, and that got me more involved. And you know, every twist along the way just got me more back in the ham radio. Uh huh. Well, and then at some point, you wrote the you wrote a, like a, a book, one of the handouts that you have, right? Right. So now you know, I I got and I, and I, I guess I have a, somewhat of a talent for cw i'll have to sort of admit that because you know along the way i've gotten fairly good at it and then i decided i would you know because i i'm a writer by sort of by trade now i uh, decided to write a book about it and uh the book is um the cw geeks guide to having fun with morse code yeah and it gives some guidance on how to get started and how to progress, and basically how to have fun with it, you know, because that's the whole idea, right, having fun. With right, it. right, yeah. I mean, I think that that's helped a lot. I've noticed that in your book, and other people have mentioned that. And I want to get into this, how you get to this point of being more competent, especially in the head copy area. But we'll save that for next. So, well... So tell me why, so tell me why you got into it. Yeah, so, it. you know... It's a combination of two things, or maybe three things, and I've talked to th- about this on another show, but it was there was a kind of weird attractiveness to it. Maybe it's because I've played drums all my life and percussion, and there was something percussive about it. I don't really know. I just know every time I would hear it, I would just sit there kind of transfixed, wondering what, what what's being said, you know? And and I just kept coming back to it. It was just you know because I'd only been 
a ham now for uh, two and a half years, I guess, coming in on the third. And the first year I didn't do much of anything because I couldn't figure out how to do anything, really. And after about two years, I realized that with the local club, which was very helpful and all that, I was too spread out. I was just trying to do too many things at once, you know, VHF and UHF and this and that, buying all this gear and getting into, you know, DMR and whatnot. And I went, well, it's just, there's just not enough time for me to do all that. It's great. So I just, I just uh, also had a change coming up project wise where I needed to really focus on work. So I said, I'm going to take one of the advice I heard somewhere, read somewhere, was just just tone it all down, pick one thing, do that for a while. So I got in on the CW stuff. And um, I'd heard about CW Ops, you know. I had signed up. And out of the blue, um, the gentleman's name, I just forgot, contacts me and says, we have an opening. I wasn't supposed to, like, be able to get in until the fall or whatever it was. And he says, we had someone drop out. Do you want to go ahead and be in this class in April. This is April of last year. And I said, yeah, I guess so. So I did that. And and I, I mean, literally, I didn't know which side of the paddle you were supposed to use. I knew there were two <laughs> sides. I didn't know where the dot or the dit was or if you even used them both, you know. I didn't understand anything. Um, but I was still fascinated by it, strictly going on the fun slash fascination side of it. And uh, yeah. I'm a, like the world's worst scaredy cat, you know, when it comes to performance and learning and things like that in front of others. So it was a real stretch for me to do the class because I didn't consider myself nearly as capable as most of the people were. But at any rate, as you know from previous conversation, I went through CW Ops 1 and then I kind of suddenly rolled into 2 and then there was 3 and and um, spe- especially toward the end there on the third one, I just got to the point where... I uh, was kind of figuring some things out. Now, I was... So you've gone through all three I went now. through all three. Oh, cool. Yeah, I went through CDOPS 1 through 3, great instructors, very patient, even through my panic moments. Yeah. Um, and um, as we'll get into a little bit later, I sort of learned how to learn CW. I knew I wasn't going to really be that well. I wasn't spending, you know, I was practicing, but I wasn't spending a lot of time on the air. And uh, I would, I'd get on and I made some contacts and it was, you know, painful and, and stupid and crazy and mistake written and all that, but uh, I was doing it. And, um, but as far as the head copy stuff goes, even though I got through class and all that, um, it was coming pretty slowly for me. So anyway. Um, and let me just say, yeah, please. I think for people that are listening, because I think you understand the idea now. The, the, the people always ask me, how do you get better? How do you get faster? You, you really got to get on the yeah, air. Yeah. I, I, you know, whether it's rag chewing or contesting or whatever, you, you really, you just got to get on the air. You, I mean, you can, you, you can get a little bit better if you, you know, continue to listen to tapes and, or, you know, do the LCWO.net or whatever you, but, but you really got to get on the air. That's, that's, that's really the key. So go ahead. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's all right. I think that's really the, the – well, I mean, say I got to this point now. It's like, well, okay, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't just sit there with your computer and keep practicing. you got to get on the air. So uh, I, I, I haven't quite rose to the challenge for myself yet of making at least one contact a day. But um, I'm getting close to that. I'm, actually, last night I got on CW Ops uh, – what do you call it? The Sprint, whatever the – Oh, the CWT? Yeah, and I got seven contacts. But, I mean, those are whipping along at 30, 35 words per minute, and uh, 
and I have the decoder. Hey, you know what? You're going to have to send me an email. I'll get on and we'll work on the air. Oh, okay. That'd be great. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. 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 Well, um, so we have more to talk about. Let's go through that. So, Dan, one of the things that comes up all the time, at least uh, that I notice people who sort of now asking me questions about CW is, should I get a straight key? Should I start with a straight key or should I get a paddle? Well, you know me. I'm I'm a paddles yeah. guy. Yeah. You know, some of these people say, "Oh, you need to start with a yeah. straight key because yeah. it helps teach you the rhythm." And I think that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I really do. And, you know, you, my in, in my uh, way of looking at it, you'll send code better right off the bat, which will be, which is an encouragement, I think, to people. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's certainly a lot less hard on your arm and wrist. Right, right. You know, guys guys who tell me, oh, yeah, if you do it right, um, uh, you know, there's no problem using a straight key for hours. And th- while that may be true, the trick is knowing how to use right, it right. Yeah, right. And so, so everything in my book, and literally in my book, points toward starting out with paddles. Well, that's what they say in CW Ops. And, you know, if you want to learn a straight key, it's great. Um, and there's something very nostalgic about the whole process. I get it. Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I get it. But but also there's a, something comes to a certain point where if you want to participate at a little higher rate, you, you it's just harder to do for most people on a straight key. Oh, yeah. You're not going to you're not certainly not going to be se- be able to send over 20 words per minute on a straight key. Yeah. I guess some guys can do it, but uh, very few. Yeah. It's not a fun experience. Well, um, right. So that's I, you know, one thing I always thought it was pretty, pretty bizarre. But <clears throat> then I finally realized well, some guys just get into paddles like big time. They have these huge collections of them. <laughs> You're laughing, but I'm not kidding. No, Closets true. of them, it's, you know? no, absolutely true. And uh, I have, I get it. I, let's see, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, six myself, which is not a big collection compared to some others. But yeah, I, you know, you collect them. Yeah, and do you do you occasionally bring them out and pet them or uh, use them for different purposes? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, actually, I do. So, so I'll give you an example. Okay, okay. So the ones I use, the ones I use the most now are the is the latest Bagali. The, the Bagali Simplex. Okay, all right, Bagali Simplex. Now I have a can't do a lever paddle too, and I call that my beater paddle. Uh, uh-huh. So I'll take that to field day or or demonstrations. And I don't, I mean, that thing's built very solidly. If I drop it on the floor or whatever, you know, and chip some paint off it, I don't care. Because yeah. it's, you know, it's still going to work well. And even if it maybe doesn't look great. The the a third one I have is an old ham key paddle. And it is, it's really a kind of a trashy paddle. <laughs> and I have that hooked up to a, um, a keyer that's hooked to my two-meter radio. And I use that every once in a while to blast the guys on the repeater with some modulated CW. So, so the, I guess if you think about it, you know, there's there's uses for all of them. I mean, those those three are always hooked up and and um, and used. And sometimes I'll connect up the other ones just to use them. But yeah, yeah, you tend to favor the the Bagali simplex. Right. Yeah. Well, no, I no the one I have now is a Magnetic Pro. Oh. Oh. Yeah, the the magnetic the magnetic tensioning is really, I mean, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, 
but it is. The magnetic tensioning is is has a nicer feel than the spring tension. Just well, how do you mean nicer exactly? I mean, it seems smoother. Uh-huh. Like, like I think in a spring, you know, the more you compress, it's not a linear function, right, right? Right. The more you compress it, the more the tension is. But I think, I think maybe the magnetic is is linear somehow. Huh. Oh yeah. Okay. You know, it's always the same tension no matter where the, even even though of course you know you set that spacing pretty pretty narrow, and you think you won't feel it, but you do feel it. That's <laughs> it's an odd thing to to, to describe. So when you're sending, what's uh, do you ever use the squeeze techniques? Oh yeah, I always do now. Oh, and 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 I use it when I started when I got started with the iambic. I I only did the 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 like, AR uh, at the end the, or something. Well, like like K and um, uh, not even C. Any anything where you could slip a dit between two dots, you know, Q and Y. Uh-huh. And then, and then, so and that went for a couple of years that way. And then I said, "Well, look, I'm supposed to be the CW geek. <laughs> I should know how to do it. I should know how to do them all." And then I sort of uh, uh, made it a point to practice those, so now I can do all the characters. But it's hard to get a a die in between two dits, right? Yeah. Because you gotta you gotta actuate that dit paddle be- while the while the dit is being sent. And if you're sending fast, that's that's tough. Yeah. The only thing I've been able, I mean, well, you know, what they, this is one of those points I wanted to bring up, at least if someone's new and they're curious about it, is don't worry about it. <laughs> at least well, in yeah, my opinion, yeah, you know, maybe later, but just, it's just way too much to try to figure out while you're trying to learn how to even use a paddle to begin with. And, right. Uh, and, and a lot of people like the single lever paddles, which are not iambic, and and that's that's fine too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I only thing I figured out was uh, using AR, you know, against, yeah, because yeah, that that just sort of worked pretty easily for me. Uh, I noticed some people when they're calling, you know, um, you know, call sign DE, call sign CQ, 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 and then when they get the whole thing, instead of K, they're occasionally I'll hear an AR, and right. um, I always think of that as all render. <laughs> all rendered <laughs> you know it's kind of a computer term like screen is rendered all rendered done okay yeah. you can talk now anyway but uh, other than that I, i'm still working what, what what's your general comfy comfy speed um as far as sending goes oh i can uh, uh i can do 25 real easily and and like like I, I, you know, it's kind of funny because I even just in the last six months I find myself getting a little faster. Really? And uh, huh. yeah, I know it's, it's and and I think I think it's it's kind of like weightlifting in a way, right? If you weightlift regularly, at some point the weights you've been the weight you've been lifting is going to not feel so heavy. Right. And so it's the same with CW. If if you keep keep doing it at a certain speed, all of a sudden you're going to say. No, oh, that's that's not seeming so so fast anymore. Let's crank it up a little. Uh-huh. And so, so now now I've cr- I used to like send twenty three, like send send CQ at twenty three, right. right? And and be be totally comfortable. And now I'm saying, well, okay, let's try twenty five. And if some guy wants to crank it up a little farther, I'm usually good with that. Right. Right. Okay. Well, that's that's where I've been practicing myself. Actually, is in the twenty three to twenty five. That's where you get to on CW Ops three. Um, now, doing it consistently over a long rag tube might not be so clean, but, uh, well, so do you, I mean, so, all right, so now we're going to get into a little bit more controversy here. 
uh, w as far as pros and cons. And, you know, there are, uh, it's, it's now possible to, or has been to send CW with a keyboard. Um, and, right. and in fact, uh, in this remote ham interface I have, sometimes that's the only easy way for me to do that because there's so much delay going on. But, right. um, but what, what's your thoughts on keyboard? I mean, and why, why is it so damn controversial? I have no idea. I, I think if a guy wants to use a keyboard, that's perfectly fine. Not only that, you know, some of the CW operators are not spring chickens, and they're, they're having problems with their hands, with arthritis and stuff. Uh. It's hard for them to send, uh, especially at, at higher speeds, uh, by hand. And if they want to use a keyboard, psh, go for it. Yeah, it's just sort of the, the, um, the experience and the fun and the joy of just – that whole CD thing, you're communicating with someone else in a real unique way, the way I look at it anyway. So I don't see a problem with yeah. that. And, yeah, and I, I think if they if they sort of offhandedly say, oh, I'm just going to use a keyboard, I think they're missing out on some of the fun. Right. But that's up to them. Right, yeah. And, and in contests, right? Well, that, in contests, that's different. Everybody's using like N1MM or something right. to send by computer anyway. So, yeah, who cares? Yeah, that's one of the things that's really confusing when first getting started with with uh, learning Morse code is is what how you work as a contester is very different than how you work in anything else that's not contest related. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just that you you work differently with the uh, uh, you know you it's you need to know how to send CW because one of the things I sort of figured out now after five or six plugging away at five or six different contests and sprints is, well, you can't put everything on the macro keyboard. You I mean, some things are just easier, right. you know, to, again, you know, or question mark, or if right. you're, if you're running the calls and, and you heard KB, you know, then, then, you know, you, you can't create a macro for KB for that guy in the pilot, right? You just need to be able to do right. it right there. So, so there's a kind of a quickness that you have to develop, which is really pretty useful. I'm not quite there yet, because uh, the contests tend to run a little bit faster anyway. But uh, right. But so you know. But but you know. I, if you're taking CW ops course, I think it's the smart thing to do is to keep learning the paddle. It's like learning an instrument to me. You know, just keep at it, keep at it. Yeah. And uh, well, all right. So the most controversial topic of all, which no one ever seems to really want to talk about, is decoders. So I'm, I'm not going to do any more prep. Than, I want to hear your thoughts on that. <laughs> I'm I'm totally good with decoders. You are. Okay. You know. Woo, oh yeah. I, I, and and I tell okay. you and I'll tell you one reason All why. Right. Because because if somebody guy wants to get on CW using a coder, that's another guy I can talk to. <laughs> right. Right. If he's not on the air, he's not there to answer my CQ, and he's not there to have a contact with. Oh. Do you think that's a shared? I, I'll give you. I give. I'll tell you one story yeah. about decoders. So one time, I, this was late at night. I call CQ, and a guy comes back to me, and we started into the, con the conversation. And along the way, he says, "Hey," he says, "I got a. I have a confession to make. I'm using a decoder here." Mm -hmm. And he says, "He says, I don't, I'm not using it 100, percent but if I if I miss something you send, I I look at the decoder. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And and he says." Then, so that that was a first off. I took that as a compliment because he said he said something like, um, you know, your sending is so good that the decoders hit and the signals right. are so strong that decoders not having a problem with it. It's got a good decoder. Yeah. And so that was a compliment absolutely, to me for my sending. Absolutely. And then B, like I said, you know, it's like 
you know, the, uh, I wouldn't have had this conversation otherwise. So, hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't care about decoders. The, people can use decoders. But, but, but the, you know, they, I, I, I would hope at some point they would get over that, yeah. right? And because that's where the fun is. Right. Yeah. I, I, and, and that's where I am on it is uh, when I have those moments of, hey, I got it without the decoder, I, I get the whole, it's much more fun there. Um, I just haven't gotten through my own self panic or self-doubt around being able to do that you know uh do you do you yeah. write things down while you're in a um in a QSO? yeah sometimes i write notes but that's all you know you 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 you, you can't well a friend of mine is is in the same situation as okay. you he, he's taken like cw ops one and two mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. and <clears throat> he's at the point where he can't write fast right. enough now right right, right. So, but but he still feels. Oh, he he still wants to try to write fast because he wants to get the ARRL twenty word per minute certificate. Oh. So so you got to send you know send in copy, uh-huh. right? So so he's trying to write faster. But but at some point he realizes if he wants to get even faster, he's going to have to go to head copy. So. Were you just always able to do head copy? When is there some transition point for you in in your learning process? I hate to make it sound so easy because <laughs> I know for some people it's not. Yeah. But but I read an article. This was this was like a year or two after I got back on the mm-hmm. air. I read an article in QST, and at that up to that point, I was writing everything uh-huh. down. And I read an article in QST that says, hey, you know, you can only write 20 words a minute, maybe. And so if you want to get faster than it, you've got to go to head copy. Mm-hmm. And so at that point, I said, okay, I'm going to do that. I didn't. I decided I'm putting down the pencil and paper and not writing everything down ever again. And then that's what happened. <laughs> I know, I know. I said I almost, I almost hate to hate to tell that story, but that's how I did it. I went cold turkey on the on the hand copy, and and it just, I just did it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I, I, I hear you. I've heard these before, <laughs> and I wake up wishing for that for me. You know, I, I uh... just like so you don't wake up in a cold sweat. Like, like trying to make a, oh, I'm trying to make a head copy contact, and all of a sudden you wake up, and you're all sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Well. But, but, so, but, so having said that, there are some, there are some things out there that are purported to help you learn how to copy in your head, and I've blogged about those, and I can, I'll add links to those blog posts. There's a, there's a program out there, I forget what it's called, it was some some Japanese name or something. Oh, really? But yeah. but you know, there's there's there are things that can help you supposedly. Well, I'd be curious to hear. You have that in your your uh, your book, your the CW book, the CW. You know, I, I I don't know that it's in the book. In fact, I was thinking I need Update to thing. actually pr- come up with a new version of the book. Yeah, but uh, but it is on the blog. If you go to my blog and search for head copy, you'll find it. So. I think the point worth bringing up over and over and over again is have some fun with it. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I was going to add in at the end that it occurred to me, uh, I, I suddenly felt less guilty. I don't know why I felt like I felt guilty. Well, I, don't, I still don't understand why people feel guilty about using decoders. <laughs> it always comes up and it's kind of whispered out, you know. And I, I, so I, I do a lot of writing, you know, and I use a spell check and a grammar checker. So there. 
You know, oh, yeah. I mean, and uh, <laughs> now it's different, but it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, it, it allows me to get my thoughts out. And I think at some point, I mean, when I was learning drumming, I always used a metronome, but I don't use a metronome anymore. So I think I'll get there, but I want to have some fun with it along the way and don't want to feel like I wasn't supposed to do that, you know, kind of thing. But people <laughs> see some mean things on these forums about, oh, yeah, I've never used a decoder, you know, and all that. So uh, I know these these guys are just they're they're they're, tr- they're truly old farts, and I just blow them off. Yeah. Well, okay. So let's talk about getting faster and hit copy. Then um, I mean, you you got your article, and then you and uh, your bicycle analogy. Well. Yeah, so 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 you know when I used to bicycle, I I wasn't like the fastest bicyclist mm-hmm. in the world. Just like I'm not the fastest CW operator on the bands, but but you know if you're in a bike club, there's all different levels, right? There's the really fast riders, and I I every once in a while I could hang with those guys, <laughs> but but then there's the there, there's the people that just I like to say it this way: those are people that just like to piddle around, <laughs> you know, the, instead of pedaling, and and. So that you know, you sometimes and they're nice people. So you start talking, and they'll say, "Well, why do you want to go so fast?" And and the answer, of course, is because you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. You know, so you know, it's and and it's a blast to go fast on a bicycle. Mm-hmm. Go fast as you can, you mm-hmm. know. And 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 it's the, it's somewhat similar with CW. Oh, you know, and like 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 at a certain point, and it's around twenty between twenty and twenty five words per minute. Operating CW becomes more like having a conversation than just sort of sitting there and copying code, if that makes sense. Yes, I've heard that over and over and over, and uh, at least from where I am right now, I have heard glimpse of it. You know, sometimes I'll just leave things going on in the background, and I'll hear someone calling out doing the doing the deed. You know, CQ, CQ, DE, yeah. whatnot. You know, and. I might not catch the call, depends on, you know, if I'm far away from the desk or whatever. But if I sat down and, and, and he's, you know, he does it, his call two or three times, I can usually write that down or sometimes I can get it in my head. And then I'm like, you know, I, I got all that. I just, I just listened and got all that, you know, and it just, yeah. just kept, just kept letting it be. So, right. Yeah. Well, and, 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 and that to me, <clears throat> At that point, having a real conversation with somebody rather than just saying, you know, my rig is blah blah blah, the weather yeah. here is blah blah blah. You know, I mean, that's that's like more fun, right? right? You, then you can you can you can ask the other person more about themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you can you can have uh, more interesting conversations. Like for example, you know, I I I had a, a I've had contacts with a guy in I think he's in Delaware, Delaware or Rhode Island. And and he's he's a publisher. Well, I'm a writer, so we were able to talk about the business nice, of publishing in nice. CW <laughs> because we were both operating fast enough to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, I got a glimpse of that from just through the initial stuff, and uh, but the whole thing just starts to just kind of fall apart, you know, at some point for me when I'm just going and. You know, the bands are fading for a moment and whatnot, and uh, and I'm thinking, can I just get pieces of this? Sometimes I can get pieces, you know. Yeah. So, so my only advice would be just to keep at yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, all right. I want to do that, and 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 
I think that's really where I want to go. I mean, I really like the one of the things that always I thought was very mystical, magical about CW is you don't know who the other person is. You don't know their name. You know their name, but you don't know their race, their creed, their religion, their family status. You, you don't know anything about the. It's just a soul on the other side. Right. And you're having this communication with this person. And there's no politics involved. <laughs> you know, there's no religion involved. You know, it's just, what are you doing? What's new with you? You know, in a very, very unique kind of way. And I just always felt that was, that was fascinating, especially on an international basis in particular. Yep. And, you know, and even, even if, even if, um, I don't know, you, you, your, your inter- life interests don't jive, right. you know, maybe they're, I don't know what, you, at least you can, then you can fall back on ham radio. Yeah. You can say, hey, well, how's that rig, rig you got? Do you like the rig? You know, yeah. so you can always fall back on that. You yeah. Because that's, you know, that's, that's what, that's something that you'd actually do share with the other person. So let's move to contesting then. Uh, I think we have, uh, we're sort of different points on it at this point. Um, I'll go first if you like. Uh, the Sure. So I, I got into reg, uh, reg too. I got into contesting um, um, t- toward the end of doing the CW Ops classes. And part of it was, I think I'd mentioned this before, I didn't know anyone that did CW Morse code uh, in the local club I was in and uh, whatnot. But there was one club, uh, the Central Texas DXCC whatever group, and they were like major contesting group. And these guys have been doing it for 20, 30, 40, something, 50 years. And uh, just so hanging out with them and their encouragement to just get on and do something on the contesting. And somebody came over and got me going on N1MM. And and uh, I got to admit, it was a certain thrill, partly to, for me, figuring out how to make all the software work. That was satisfying. And secondly, figuring out this um, uh, madness that goes on uh, during the contesting of which I could come in and I can go out. I don't have to do it all 24 hours or anything like that. But um, I, I, I really enjoyed it. It was a rush for me associated with it. Now, I don't know. I could sort of see where it could get old after a certain point, but it certainly forces me to listen really carefully um, to at least get the call sign. Maybe I don't get the exchange quite right, but, you know, to at least get the call sign, and, I'm, and I've been enjoying that, uh, that edge. Is where I am right now. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, contesting is very good practice, mm-hmm. right? Because you, you generally can operate faster in a contest right. because you know what the exchange is going to be. So you can you can concentrate a little bit more on what's coming over. And and I don't want to make it sound like I'm anti-contesting. In fact, I do like like some of the contests. I, I, I'm, I like the smaller contests, yeah, though. State. I like the, like the state QSO. I've places. noticed there's a certain group that really likes that. I'm looking forward to that yeah. this year. Yeah. Yeah, that way, that way you can, you know, even if you don't, like I don't have a super station here, you, you can still, you know, be a, be a big fish in a small pond, as they say. And you probably know a lot of the people locally, so that's, you know. Probably pretty cool too. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't talk about this, but just real quick, what about logging? What do you use for logging, and how did you end up with that? With, with contesting? Um, well, this is part of the issue. The issue for me to feel like logging. There is no one logging tool for everything. You know, there's like general QSO type logging, and then there's and then there's contest logging. Yeah. So so I use N3FJP for like general contacts. And then N1MM for contests. Oh, really? Okay. 
Yeah. And you know, the N3FJP is something I just, it's not that I mean it's it's a good program, but it's probably I don't know, not the best. I mean, but it's but it's good and I just sort of fell into it and I I paid him for right. it and right. so it's like, well, I paid him so I might as well keep using it. Yeah, I thought that was a contest. I mean, I mean there's one. no there's no real drawbacks to it. Let's put it Yeah, that well, and you got it going and you know, that's that's one of the things that's a really a horrendous task at first with the Morse code stuff. At some point if you want to do a little more than just get on and make a contact and you want to sort of keep track of what you're doing and get it on the LOTW and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. There's, and, there's a lot to do. Yeah. And, and, and the LOTW uh, tools and N3FJP software is, are pretty good. I mean, it's pretty seamless and, and, uh, there's an, you know, he has a nice comment box, which I like to, I like to type in comments, you know, about what the contact was about, you know, stuff like that. Right. Well, I've been using a ham radio deluxe, which I have uh, sort of had a love hate relationship with. But I, I got to—I I know there's a history. I, I spoke to them in uh, in Plano this year, as a matter of fact, to the the main guy and his wife and the daughter and the you know like the whole group that was there. And uh, and and you know, since I'm from the software world, I'm sort of got a soft spot for. I know it's hard, you know, and I have no problem paying for the software. Um, but you know, let's get some of these. And he and he's he's got a really clear plan as to how to solve the problems with the programming team he has. It sounded just like being at, at work, <laughs> listening to him. Oh, so 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 he does. Yeah. So well, that's so that's good because you know, there was some flap about it a year, year and a half, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Well, what what? And there uh, was a reason that, that he had bought the code uh, from whoever this guy was originally. I'm sure there are other people listening that know the whole story better than I do. And uh, it was written by an individual, and it was kind of just glommed on to, you know, things, you know, how the software can get over a period of time. Right. So this guy now, he has it. I don't know what his arrangements were on it, but he has four or five programmers that are very systematically in a, in a very kind of traditional uh, sprint kind of fashion, uh, saying, here's the problems we have. Let's solve these first, and then we're going to add new features. And they're into, every every uh, three or four weeks, there's an email that comes out with, this is what we fixed, this is what we fixed. This is what, so he's on it. Oh, well, that's that's good. You know, about six or eight months ago, they offered me a free copy if I would write about it on my blog. Yeah. And I, I never really got back to him on that because, I don't know, Okay, well that's that's good. Maybe I'll maybe I'll because uh, I I blogged about it when that flap came up. Maybe I'll reblog about it and say you like them. Yeah, so. <laughs> they got two thumbs up for me. Not, not that I'm a. Uh, I mean, well, I have noticed in asking around. I've been doing a lot of asking around, and people pretty much end up with a logging tool, and that's the one. I mean, I knew one guy. I'll name won't won't mention, but he's he's still using a DOS machine and TR DOS. TR logging, TR log, that he's been used since wow. the '80s, and and wow. and he's a he's a mean competitor too. He's really good. He's great. He's a top kind of guy, but that's what he knows. Why change it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, all right. So, last question, kind of future oriented, kind of present oriented, all things considered. What's the deal with CW? Uh, I think when I first started getting into it, I was thinking, is this going to be a wasted effort, lost time? Like, I'll get into this and everyone's going to run off to something else because nobody does it anymore. But it does seem like, at least during contest time, there's an awful lot of people doing it, doing Morse code. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you're right about, about contests. The, the, the question I wonder about is, like, general operations. Yeah. 
mass. Yeah. You know, like I, I give it just like not. It was the last night or the night before. I uh, I'm a thirty meters guy. For some reason, I like <laughs> so I always turn the radio on the thirty meters first. Yeah. Okay. And Curious. There was not a single CW signal on mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I've got one of these seventy three hundred, so I can see the whole CW portion of the band. Oh, network. sweet. Yeah. That actually, in fact, that actually is a really sweet feature, and uh, that's the maybe fodder for another show but 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 there was no cw signal so i and i almost hate to admit this i actually went up and operated some fta (laughs) (laughs) and i made a few contacts in about i don't know a half an hour four or five contacts in a half hour something like that i came back down to cw and there were some people and i made my three cw contacts but uh but um um so, so the question is: Is there a CW revive? So you would think so, right? You know, there's you go to, to Dayton. There's, there's, you know, you can count on. You'd have to use both hands to count the number of uh, paddle manufacturers there were yeah. there. And and um, you know, so they're selling tons of those, but yet you don't hear those guys on the air. So it's it's sort of a yes and no thing. Well, that's be curious to see. FTA is every time I I get on, it gets more and more crowded. I have one sort of bizarre tip that I've been doing. Um, I'll, I'll admit I kind of interleave FT8 with, with CW. and uh, But in particular, what I've been doing to get my speed up is I'll, FT8 will be going. And while I'm waiting for things to occur with it, um, I'll reach over. I have a, a, a paddle that's just set up locally with a keyer. And um, I'll start working on, um, you know, playing... Or, or basically doing every call sign that's on there, at least or at least some of the key ones, and um, and do them at fast, somewhere between 23 and 25. And if I get them wrong, if I don't get it right the first time through, I force myself to do them three times in a row until I get them three times right. Because you know, well, that's it. That's an interesting practice. Technique. Yeah, it is. It's very zen, and uh, it requires it requires some patience. There's some some characters combinations that are just hard to get right for me the first time through and and the others are just really easy but you know by forcing myself to just say okay i got it wrong that time i'm gonna have to do three times correctly before i can move on to the next one and um and boy you get to where you you get some focus going yeah well um all right then i think we're complete on on this and we'll be looking forward to hear what sort of feedback we have from people and dan i appreciate your time well, thank you, Tom. It's uh, it's always a pleasure. You've been listening to the No Nonsense Amateur Radio Podcast with Dan, KB6NU, and Tom, KB5RF. For links to internet resources mentioned on the show and other notes, visit nonsenseamateurradio.com. For more information about amateur radio in general, visit Dan's blog at kb6nu.com. 7-3.